give me that smile. Amen. So good to be in church. Amen. Can we commit to praying for this amazing worship ministry? Amen. What they do, they, they make it look easy. And by the way, where's, where's, where's Jen? Did Jen disappear? I got to talk about Jen real quickly. Some amazing things happening with Jen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We, we exhort you, Father. Here we go. Come on up, Jen. Come on, let's celebrate Jen. So, y'all, we got to celebrate Jen because she's on The Voice Snapchat, y'all. Come on, can we celebrate her? Now, Impact, can we vote for her? Come on, this is what Impact is all about, amen. So, if you don't know how to vote for her, I'm going to post something on my Facebook, which means y'all need to follow me. If you're not following your pastor, you better repent. Amen. <laughs> But whatever I post, you just post it and follow her. And there's going to be instructions there on how we can vote for her. Come on, let's send her off into the world. Jen, we're proud of you. Amen. Come on. Is that awesome? Amen. Somebody say, that's impact. Amen. Now, you're next in line. How many people know they're next in line for a blessing? Amen. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited because i got family in the building uh, I have I have three siblings. There's there's four of us together, and uh, uh, my sister, my youngest brother, they they both live in America. But we have one brother who still lives in Africa. He loves Africa so much we can't get him out here. But he's a medical doctor there. He's a smart guy, and uh, uh, he he did a year at Harvard and so many. So he makes me he makes me feel dumb, right? But, <laughs> But uh, he's here in the building, Dr. Michi. Come on, help me celebrate my brother. Amen. Amen. And my sister, Faye, she's in the building as well. Another smart lady. She's a banker, y'all. So, amen. Y'all know I'm better looking than this brother. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Well, today is... Uh, uh, the second part of our New Lens message series. Amen. Linton, you can hang out right there, but pause for a second. I'll tell you when to come in, but don't go anywhere. <laughs> can we celebrate Linton? Amen. So last week we began this series, and I started by saying when many people here, we are talking about Christmas, because this is a Christmas series. Many people feel like, I already know everything that there is to know about Christmas. But I believe that Christmas time is a season to ask God to give us new lens. Somebody shout new lens. To open our eyes so we can see something new about Jesus we've never seen before. To give us a fresh perspective of Jesus. To give us a brand new encounter of Jesus. And so we are in this series titled... New Lens, it's a four-part message series. Last week, we began by talking about the lens of Joseph, seeing Christmas through the lens of Joseph. And this is all about surrender. Somebody says surrender. But today, we're talking about seeing Christmas through the lens of Joseph, seeing Christmas through the lens of Joseph. And this is all about trust in God. Somebody say trust. And then next week, we're talking about seeing Christmas 
through the lens of the Magi, through the lens of the Magi, whatever you do, don't miss next week. Please turn to your neighbor and just tell them, whatever you do, don't miss next week. Like I said last week, the Magi were astrologers and astronomers. They studied the stars, but not only did they study the stars, they also looked to the stars for their guidance. How many people know that's a problem? You don't want to look to a created thing for your guidance. You have to look to the creator. But in this season, they broke their false traditions and began to worship the king and his name is Jesus. And I believe that this is the month where you need to begin to ask God to open your eyes and break some false traditions. Uh, some of us are loyal and married to some things that are hurting us. And it's time for God to open our eyes so we can break those false traditions in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. I'm asking God to reveal to me some of the things that I'm loyal to that I need to be disconnected from in this season. And then finally, on... Uh, December the 23rd, we're going to be talking about seeing Christmas through the lens of heaven. Somebody shout heaven. I'm excited about this. This is all about living for eternity. How many people know we're on earth for a short time? Amen. And so we got to get excited about heaven. In the last two months, I've been to more funerals than ever before. And for a minute, ego, I started getting a little concerned. Like, man, death. This I saw some friends. Uh, in, the, in the box there, like, wow, this is real. And God reminded me and said, Zenzo, fear not. There's heaven. And Jesus has defeated death. Come on, somebody. Thank God for Jesus. Come on, somebody clap hands for heaven. I know it's a little scary talking about heaven in church. You're not going there tomorrow, I promise. But we can celebrate heaven. Amen. So we're going to teach on heaven. You have a little banner there, a little... A flyer in your packets. Here we go. I want you to grab a few of these. Grab five. Grab ten. Invite somebody who's never been to church before. We're going to talk about heaven. And I'm believing God for the greatest salvation of souls than we've ever had before. If you believe that with me, somebody say amen. amen. But today we're talking about the lens of Joseph. Can we see this story through the lens of Joseph? This is all about trusting God. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 24. Matthew 1, 18 to 24. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. Somebody say a righteous man. Very important detail. Please pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, make me a righteous person. Amen. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did, and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Not only was he righteous, he was also a good man. It says he didn't want to disgrace her. He didn't want to break the engagement and disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break off the engagement quietly. Verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her 
was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to, call, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Somebody say amen. Can we look at this through the lens of Joseph? I want to remind you that what's happening to Joseph here is scandalous. It's quite scandalous. Joseph is a descendant of King David and King Solomon. He is part of the royal family. Uh, imagine Prince William or Prince Harry. So that's, let's just say Joseph is a prince. And he's engaged to a girl uh, who is an ordinary girl. Any ordinary people like me in this building today. Amen. Are you ashamed to be ordinary? Amen. He's, he's engaged to a girl who's so ordinary, the Bible doesn't even say where she came from. The Bible doesn't even tell us who her parents are. But there's something about this girl, and it's that she has the favor of God upon her life. Hallelujah. Can I see somebody who's ordinary in this place, but they say that the favor of God upon my life has made me extraordinary. I'm one of those people. I don't have... A name where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm not from a rich family. Matter of fact, I came from the third poorest nation in the world. But the favor of God upon my life. I have seen God do some things in my life. Can I talk to some ordinary people here? Can I talk to some underdogs in this place? He is the God of the underdogs. Let's see this through the lens of Joseph. This is scandalous. He is a prince. He comes from the royal family. He's engaged to this girl. In England, they call them commoners. She's a commoner. And she gets pregnant. Now, just imagine how Joseph has to explain this story to his mother. Expl just, just imagine how Joseph has to explain this to his boys. Imagine how Joseph has to explain this to his auntie and his uncles. Imagine Joseph visiting his mother and saying, Mom... I just came to see you. Hey, Joe, welcome. Uh, how you doing, son? I'm doing good, ma. How's Mary doing? Ma, Ma Mary is doing good, but that's what I came to talk to you about. What's going on with Mary? Well, Ma, Mary is pregnant. Oh, Joseph, you couldn't wait, son? Uh, ma, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. It, it's, it's, it's not me who did it. What do you mean it's not you who did it? Ma, I don't know. It's complicated. It's crazy. Ma, I don't know. I think, I think somebody did. I think Jose, somebody did it. But she's claiming that it's the Holy Spirit. She says God did it. Now, imagine mothers. Any mothers in the building? You know how moms are so protective? Joseph, I knew Mary was not good for anything. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how people always say it after? Especially when they're super spiritual. I was always sensing something about that girl. I knew something in my spirit was not right about that girl. Well, why didn't you tell me before then? 
if you are really prophetic, that's not the prophetic, that's the pathetic. There's a difference between the prophetic and the pathetic. And mom is like, no, I told you, there's something crazy about that girl. You should cut that girl loose now. Let her go. She's crazy. She's trifling. She's, she's crazy. And can you hear Joseph? <laughs> can you hear Joseph saying, Ma, something crazy about this. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I feel like I need to just trust the process and trust God and keep going. So not only is this situation scandalous, but this situation is also mysterious. There's something that Joseph can't just understand. He can't. Un There's something about this that is very difficult to understand. How are you going to understand somebody saying they've been pregnant by the Holy Spirit? It had never happened in the days of Elijah, not, not in the days of Abraham, not in the days of Moses. This was the first time this was happening and there's just something about this that's scandalous, but also mysterious. It's a mystery. It's confusing. And in fact, this is where I want to teach you a secret today of trust in God. There are going to be areas in your life that are absolutely confusing. They are a mystery. You don't understand why this happened to you when you were growing up. You don't understand why you found yourself in this situation. And I want you to know, when you find yourself in that mysterious situation, that's the time to trust God. Somebody say amen. Let's read a scripture that I love. I want to teach you this secret here of trusting God. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. It says... The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Somebody shout secret things. One more time. Somebody shouted secret things. It says the secret things. Those are the mysteries. The mysteries belong to the Lord our God. And then it says, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever. That we may follow all the words of this law. It says the secret things belong to God. The things you don't understand, that's God's business. This is God saying, there are certain things you're just not going to understand. This is God's nicest way of saying, that's none of your business. That's none of your business. There's stuff you don't understand about your life. There's stuff you don't understand about your future. Joseph, you don't understand this situation. It's crazy. It's confusing. But the secret things belong to who? Belong to God. And then there are things that God reveals to us. And here's the problem. We have control issues. I have control issues. We have control issues. We don't like to not know what's going on. We want to understand everything. But there's certain things God does not reveal. It's crazy. He says the secret things, those belong to me. In other words, trust me with that stuff. They belong to me. I want to read the same scripture in the NLT version. Here we go. It says, the Lord our God, there we go. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. Somebody say no one. The Greek word for no one is no one. No, that's not true. <laughs> it says, the Lord our God has secrets known to who? What's interesting is that we're not God, but we want to know certain things and they belong to him. There's certain things that just belong to God. 
And he chooses what belongs to him, and he chooses what, what belongs to, her, to us. And then it says, we are not accountable for them. Can I read that one more time? We are not accountable for the secret things. That stuff that's happened in your life. That stuff that's happening right now and you don't understand why it's happening. Why is this going on? Why did he leave me? Why did he cheat on me? Why did she do this? I, I'm a good person. Why did that happen? There are certain things that just belong to God. And God is saying in the nicest way possible, possible, he's saying you are not accountable for the things you don't know. He's saying those are my business. That's my business. That's, that's none of your business. And then he says this. He says, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. There are things that God reveals to you and there are things that God doesn't reveal to you. And I'll tell you this, you're going to wear yourself out if you try to understand the things that are out of the realm of your control. You're going to drive yourself crazy when you try to fix things that are out of the realm of your control. God says, no, there's stuff that belongs to me and there's stuff that belongs to you. You take care of what belongs to you. You fix the things that you have power to fix. And trust me with the stuff that you don't even know and understand. Oh, I love this. This is the secret of trusting God. I do so many things in my life, but I've learned the secret of trusting God because I understand this principle. There are certain things that belong to God. If you wanted me to know them, he would have told me. But there are things that belong to me. Somebody say amen. When we are going on a trip, I take my little kids and I give them bags to take to the car and they carry them. But then they always try to carry the biggest one, right? No, I want that one. I want that one. And I say, no, 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 no. Zenzo, you can't carry this one. No, I want that one. I say, no, you can't carry this one. And then most of the times I look away and then I see them trying to carry. Before you realize they're falling flat on their face and the bag is on top of them crying. Ah! And I say to them, that's why I didn't want you to carry this one. And God is saying to you, I've kept some secrets to you because they're too heavy for you. Hallelujah. God is saying, you're going to break yourself trying to carry stuff that I can carry. You can carry what I can carry. So I'll give you what you can handle and carry. You fix that. And let me have what you can't fix. Hallelujah. This is the secret of trusting God. Why did this happen? Why, why did he behave that way? And why is this happening in my life right now? And there's questions. People have questions right now. I want you to just give those things to God. The secret things belong to who? Belong to God. Return them back to God because they're going to crush you. Hallelujah. You know, the most uh, popular movie genre is what we call mysteries. And then after that, it's those superhero movies. People love those superhero movies. But the movies everybody loves the most are mysteries. They love these mysteries. And it's amazing that we love to watch people going through this mysterious situation. You don't, you don't know how they're going to get out of it. But somehow there's faith in us. We know that they're going to come out of that situation. So somebody's in trouble. And you watch this 
mystery movie, and you're like, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen. Ooh, my God, this is, ooh, this is crazy. Ooh, this is going to be good. Ooh, my God. We love to watch somebody else in trouble, trouble, trouble. But when you're in that situation, you hate the mystery. You hate the fact that you don't know what's going to happen next. But what's amazing is that God already knows what's going to happen next. Come on, somebody help me in this place. Hallelujah. Somebody in this place is worried about 2019. Let me remind you that God is already in 2019 right now. He's already there. He's already arrived there. He is the Alpha and the Omega, which means he is at the beginning and the end and all in between. God is already in 2022 right now. So you're worried about how you're going to pay for your college or for, the, for, your, for your kids' college. But God is already there. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on. I think we ought to celebrate when we go through a situation where we don't know the outcome like we celebrate when we watch movies because somehow we know God's going to get us out of this situation. Let me tell you this, a mystery situation or a mysterious situation for someone who knows their God, even, even though it's uncomfortable, there's a place in your way you celebrate because you know that God's about to do something. I, I don't have a job. I don't have a house. I got a wife. I got a kids. I don't know how I'm going to survive, but I know that God somehow is going to get me out of this situation. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, let's take a moment here and worship God. I thank you, Jesus. For the mysterious things belong to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody praise him in this place. You are worthy. I can trust you. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me remind you something. Your life is like a movie. But the writer and the director of this movie is God. Ah. Some of you right now in a season where you feel like you're over. Your career is over. I don't know. This thing looks like it's going to end here. Let me remind you that the writer and the director of your movie, of your story, his name is Jesus. And he has the best interest. Woo! Somebody shout hallelujah. He's written this movie. And it looks like Zenzo is in trouble. Impact Church, you just got kicked out of the Maglin. You just got kicked out of the school. Remember this back in February? We're praying. We're thinking what's going on with this situation. It looks like we're in trouble. It looks like this thing is over. But God knows the outcome. Hallelujah. After those three weeks, we came back here, started three services. Come on, somebody. When the enemy thought it was over, God had a better plan because God is the one who's written this movie. Nobody else can stop this thing. It looks like we're about to die, but this is the part where Sylvester Stallone, his name is Rambo, he's going to get out of this situation and he's coming out on top. I just dated myself. Did I just say Rambo? <laughs> Anybody remembers them Rambo movies? That dude looks like he's done. He's over. And you think, oh my God, he's done. And then he comes out. Da -da -da -da, and he's, This is what's happening to you right now. It looks like it's over, but you're coming out in the name of Jesus because it's God who has written this movie. It's not over until God says it's over. Learn to trust him with the mysterious. Please write this down. God does his best work in the mystery realm. 
The thing that is a mystery to you is familiar ground to God. Oh, hallelujah. God does his best work in the mystery realm. The thing that is a mystery to you is familiar ground to God. Doesn't that just bring peace? <laughs> the thing that's stressing you out, can't sleep in the night, is, a, is familiar to God. It's a walk over the park with God. He, he knows it's, it's familiar. But he has decided to keep it. He said, this is mine. This, I'm going to keep this one. Because I want you to trust me. God is not just interested in the outcome, in the promise. He's also interested in the process. Because we love the promise, but he loves process also. Because if you receive the promise without the process, you will lose your promise. Because the character and the preparation that you need to handle your promise is in the process. And we want to skip the process. And God is saying, no, 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 I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to keep this. Somebody say amen. Let me tell you a few more things here about trust. Real trust in God is displayed and revealed when life doesn't seem fair. Real trust in God is displayed and revealed when life doesn't seem fair. How many people know it's easy to trust God when everything is working? <laughs> it's easy to be a good Christian and trust God. I just love Jesus and worship. It's easy to trust God when everything is working. But real trust in God is displayed and revealed when life seems unfair. This is where Joseph is. The Bible says he is a righteous man. Any righteous people in the building? Amen. I'm asking God to make us righteous. Amen. Some people are just righteous. Some people are just righteous. I'm praying that God will make your children righteous. Come on, somebody. I'm praying that God will lead, lead your children to marry righteous people. Come on, somebody. Amen. Husbands who don't cuss. Come on, somebody in this place. Husbands who don't lie. Come on, somebody. Can we, can we get some liars in the church to confess in the name of Jesus? Amen. Some righteous people. Joseph is a righteous person. Not only is he a righteous person, the Bible says that he did not want to disgrace Mary. So he's also a good person. Amen. I pray that God will make your children good. And I pray that God will cause your children to meet good people. He's good. He's kind. You know, some people are just good. Some people are just good. Then some people are just mean. God help us. He's, he's good and he's righteous. He's kind. He's in this scandalous situation. He could shout on the mountaintop, right? He's, he's part of the royal family. He could say, hey, this girl that I was engaged to, she's a mess. She's pregnant. She's claiming it's God. But he tries to break up with her quietly because he's righteous and he's also good. But just because you're righteous and good doesn't mean you won't find yourself in a scandalous situation. And this is where you trust God. Can I just take a moment in this place to talk to the righteous here? Can I take a moment in this place to talk to those that are faithful in the house of God? You've been faithful. You worship God. You love God. 
You're a faithful tither. You're not a perfect person, but you love God for real. And the things that have happened to you and the things that are happening to you right now are not fair. If you can be honest, there's a place in you that's saying, God, why is this happening to me? Well, Jesus got to that place. He said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which simply means, God, why have you forsaken me? I feel like you've left me out. Please take this cup away from me. I don't want to do this. But then after that, he says, into your hands, I entrust myself to you. That's trust. It's okay to tell God, this is painful. This hurts. It's okay to be honest with God. Then after that, I hope you follow it by saying, into your hands, I entrust myself with you. Joseph decides to trust God. The Bible says in the book of Job, chapter 13, verse 15, Job says, even though you slay me, yet will I trust you. When, when Job says this, all his kids have died. He's a good man. The Bible says he's a righteous man. All his children have died. All his businesses are foreclosed. And his body has been inflicted with disease. He's in pain. He has boils all, all over his body. And his wife is telling him to curse God. And Job says, even though he slays me, yet will I trust him. There's a place where you don't understand what's going on and what's happening in your life doesn't seem fair. But I'm looking for a believer in this place that says, God, even though you slay me, yet will I trust you. We don't have those kind of believers in this generation anymore. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're thrown into the fire. They tell them, we're going to throw you in the fire. This is not fair. They're righteous. They're loving God. They're worshiping God. They're refusing to worship an idol. They say, we're going to throw you in the fire. And they say, listen, we're not going to worship that idol. We're going to worship our God. And we believe and trust that our God is going to save us from this situation. And then they say this, even if he doesn't save us, we will still worship him. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm looking for an even if believer in this generation. Come on. I just need a few, a few even if believers in this place that say, God, I love you. I trust you. I know you're going to spare me from this situation. But even if you don't do it. I'll still worship you. Because you're God. Even if you don't do anything for me. We have to change this vending machine mentality in, in America. Where we treat God like a vending machine. I'll worship you if you give me this and that. God is God all by himself. And he deserves praise. Come on, hallelujah. And let me speak to somebody in this place. Worship will heal you. This is not the time to question God, be upset with him, be angry at him. This is the time to still worship him. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Here's the second point. Real trust in God is displayed when the direction God's given you doesn't seem appealing. Real trust in God is displayed when God's direction doesn't seem appealing. Let me say that in this situation... Mary is not the most promising girl in the world. This, this is the point where you break off with this girl. This is the point where you cut her loose and say, you know, I'm a, I'm, a I'm a dude from King David's family, and this drama here is not working for me. 
This is the point where you listen to mom and cut the girl off. But he decides to trust the process. He decides to listen to God. Impact, please write this down. Most of the greatest blessings, most of God's greatest blessings don't come wrapped up in the most likely packages. Trust God. Most of God's greatest blessings don't come wrapped up in the most likely packages. Trust God. I am praying that in this season of Christmas, in this December season, that God would open your eyes to certain things and certain people around you that are carrying the blessing that you need, but your eyes are closed. Can I talk to some single people in this place? Some of you are hanging out with some kid you grew up with and you just think, he's just my friend. I don't got feelings for him. He's just some ordinary friend. Well, I pray maybe, he, maybe he's your husband. I'm going to leave that one alone. You're looking for those bad kids, those bad boys that mistreat you. You're brokenhearted looking for them. When your husband is right there, you're hanging out with them. You're like, he's just my friend, just my friend. Well, he's going to turn from being just your friend to the love of your life. If you allow God to open your eyes. Here's my final point. Real trust in God is not idle. It is displayed by doing the right things even as you wait. Real trust in God is not idle. It is displayed by doing the right things even as you wait. Matthew 1, 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary and took Mary and took Mary as his wife. Not only did he trust God, but he added an action. Took is a verb. He added an action to his trust. It's not enough to just trust. God, I trust you. God, I'm waiting on you. Real trust will cause you to do something. He took the girl. He married her. Real trust will cause you to do something. Trust God and do something. Trust God and do something. Trust God and do something. Don't just sit down. Trust God and do something. Come on, apply for that job. Trust God and do something. Apply for that university. Trust God and do something. Come on. Trust God and do something. Real trust will cause you to do something. Impact, please stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you.